Welcome to Spinning Out. I'm your host, Josh Robbins. This is a podcast where we talk to guests about their favorite albums. Today, we're talking with my sometimes co-host, Sarah Blumenthal. We talked about MXPX's third album, Life in General. We also talk a lot about Christian punk, re-examining your faith, and stealing music from your siblings. If you're liking these periodic chats with Sarah, and I don't know why you wouldn't be, then subscribe to the Patreon. That's patreon.com slash spinningoutpod. We listen to records we liked a lot when we were younger and revisit them as much older and jaded individuals. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month or more, and you'll get an exclusive episode every week. Follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at SpinningOutPod. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave a comment and reviews. Always help. Okay, let's chat with Sarah. Hey, Sarah. I thought we were just going to sit here and stare at each other for a minute. We might. Um... <laughs> wow, but... making it weird. So, what are we talking about today? Uh, today we are talking about MXPX's 1996 album, Life in General. So this was an album you brought to the pod. Yeah, that's how these episodes work. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So when was the first time you heard MXPX or this album? So I definitely heard MXPX before this album. Um, the first album I remember hearing by them was On the Cover, their f- their first On the Cover album, mm. which came out in 1995. Um, my brother had that. This is like fully a band that I like discovered through my brother, like 1000%. Cannot argue with that. Um, so he was like obsessed with it, with this band. Um, he had that on the cover CD. I remember like listening to it in the car. And then for my 10th birthday, he bought me the Move to Bremerton single. Oh. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You're checking your notes because you didn't even know that existed (laughs) because it wasn't on their discography and neither was the first on the cover. If you look at their Wikipedia page, which is weird and I don't know why those aren't there. I guess it makes sense that a single release wouldn't be there, but it had like other tracks on it too. I think they usually, usually it would, uh, I don't know. I have some like singles that have like, and anywhere from like three tracks to like five tracks, it's like a whole EP to itself. Yeah. Uh, I think so of- the Move to Bremerton single had Move to Bremerton, Rock and Roll Girl, Circumstance, Easier Said Than Done, and a live version of Chick Magnet. Hmm. What are those other songs from? It's a secret. <laughs> it's a secret. I wonder if they're from like previous. I mean, they had EPs and stuff like that, so I don't know. They could be from um, a plethora of things. Did they, or did they just have that like one album before this one? They had two before this. Oh yeah, Teenage Politics. Oh yeah, my brother had Teenage Politics also. Yeah. So I don't know if it was that or on the cover that he had first. I kept thinking that this album had Teenage Politics on it. I think like based on the album cover, and I remember hearing like probably that whole album as yeah. a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it is not on this. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, my brother bought me the Move to Bremerton single. And then I don't know if like, I probably got this for Christmas that year. Because mm-hmm. we didn't like really like get a bunch of stuff in between. We were still poor then. So yeah. pretty much anytime we got something, it was like a birthday or Christmas present. And you would have already been in Charlotte at that point. Yeah, I was yeah. already in Charlotte. 
Yeah, so I don't know. That, well, that's just kind of thinking of your family structure and your history, not that that's really relevant to the pod, but... Um, yeah, what is your angle? <laughs> well, I was I was personally just Were trying they to listening out. to MXPX in Indiana? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which... I think the answer is yes, probably. At this point, so? it was like a national... Yeah. Oh. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, I guess your brother is of an age that he was probably already into this stuff. If, if by the time... Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, if I was 10, he was probably, like, a freshman in high school. Hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, do you remember... So, okay. So, you're saying this was, like, clearly, like... He had the album before it? What? What? So, what did he own? So, okay. I'm not really sure. I remember him owning on the cover. I remember yeah. him owning Teenage Politics. And both of my brothers, anytime you bring up MXPX around them, they both love to be like, you know that was they used to be called magnified plaid you know that like is shortened version of the name and so i don't know if they like listened to them back when they were like still called magnified plaid i don't know okay because also so we went to like a really big church whatever um and like the youth group was like very robust Uh i will say but um like some of the youth group leaders i remember like when they were in middle school were like very into music like probably like indie or like punk, but like on the Christian side, yeah, yeah. right? Um, and so I bet that probably one of them introduced my brother to MXPX, yeah, or Magnified Plot or whatever they were at the time. So that's where I'm like, well, it could have been really on- early on and like before they kind of like broke. Mm-hmm. Um, that like he knew who they were. That's possible. Yeah. I, I just don't really know. They, yeah. We didn't really talk that much back then. <laughs> like, most of the stuff was, like, me, like, stealing a CD from him and trying to, like, record it onto a cassette tape in my boombox before he noticed that I took his CD. Wow. Yeah. So it was, like, your own, like, Mission Impossible. Yeah. With those CDs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you you remember, though, getting this for Christmas? I mean, I remember... No. I don't remember. I, I don't remember exactly when well, I got it. That's probably when you got it. That's probably when I got it. Yeah. And I'm trying to think, like, okay, so this... I think this was kind of of a time frame. I'm trying to think specifically when this came out. Uh, but, I, I mean, all I really know is uh, that it came out in 1996. What's also interesting, because you actually still have the CD. Oh, this came out November 19th, 1996. Okay. So I definitely got this for Christmas. Okay. And what's interesting, though, at this point, even though they're on uh, Tooth and Nail... This says mixed at A&M Studios, and A&M became their major label uh, label after the fact. Wow. So, I don't know. So but we kinda... all know that mixed at is yeah. just, doesn't necessarily mean anything. Yeah. I always feel like the whole, like, magnified plaid discussion, it's, I'm like, what's the discussion? It's like, I know that it was like, I don't remember a time where I remember them be going by magnified plaid. I understand that that's what it stands for, but I don't know. It's just, it's a funny kind of like trivia thing that doesn't like mean anything. Do you know? I that... mean, I guess it doesn't mean anything, but yeah. like nothing means anything. So, but it's something that they still, cause in a way I was kind of, they have uh, like skits. They like mention it in like little skits on. Or, like, little, like, samples of beginning of songs or something. Oh, on, like, on the cover? Uh, no, on, like, Teenage Politics, I think. Oh. Uh, what's interesting, though, is that even on Spotify... Oh, my God. Mannequin Pussy is also kind of MXPX. Wow. That's crazy. 
You know they used to be called magnified plaid? <laughs> magnified Stop pussy? It. Stop <laughs> it. I wasn't going to say it. Uh, well, it also, uh, you would note to ourselves, this is a public... Uh, note to you, bro. <laughs> yeah, note to me. But okay, so on Spotify, on the way it's like listed, it still is big M, little X, big P, little X. Yeah, so basically what this says about them is that they used to abbreviate their name on show posters mm-hmm. because it didn't fit, and they would yeah. put M dot P dot, and then someone used to use like X's instead of periods, yeah. and so then they were MXPX, and then they just kind of stuck with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I so I guess like I'll get into how oh, I it remember was, it was Yuri who used the X's instead of periods. Oh, Yuri. Oh, Yuri. Um, Okay, so I remember that there was a guy that I went to high school with, I believe. Um, And I think I was was definitely a freshman. So this would have been after this came out. Um, But but I don't know. I I feel like they would have been on some of the, the Christian samplers that I had because I've talked about this in the past. I remember slick shoes. I remember like supertones and stuff like that. But I don't specifically remember until high school really being like getting into getting into MXPX. That's As, weird to me. That's yeah. like really weird to me. So it's like a strange thing with with this as well is that I remember that there was a guy named Sean Paul. I've mentioned him before. <laughs> what? Like the rapper? <laughs> Not the rapper. Uh, the, the guy's name was Sean Paul. Sean, last name Paul. Like, just a guy you went to school with? Just a with. guy okay. I went to school with named Sean Paul. Sure, no problem. Um, he kind of... Ha- I brought him up on this pod before because he's like... Okay, so his dad owned a surf shop in town. His dad owned Hot Water... Uh, I was going to say Hot Water Music. Yeah, Hot uh, Wax. Hot Wax Surf Shop. You remember it more yeah. than me. <laughs> um, his dad owned Hot Wax. But even though he was like his dad owned a surf shop, he didn't really like dress like a surfer like you would assume like he was more into like like leopard print uh creepers and kind of like the greasery kind of look sure but he was like uh he was in a band that he was like super christian guy but like just pretty chill he wore like eyeliner and stuff like that um so kind of like the first time i saw that type of punk Mm -hmm. you know like i think i had seen glimpses of it with like gob music videos and things like that in middle school Sure. But it was like kind of like one of the first guys I remember, like really like like studded belt and everything, mm-hmm. but not the like street punk kind of thing, like this, right? Like the the fucking like just Mike Herrera, basically. Yeah, you know. And I was like, thought it was the coolest look. Really? In some way, in my head, I still think it's kind of the coolest look. <laughs> I mean, go for it. Like, I feel like if you live it, it's like I mean, it's like we know how it's kind of of a type. That bowler shirt sort of thing. Yeah. I still think it's like somehow sort of cool. Yeah. Anyway. I feel like like you're right. That's not something you could just be like, oh, today I'm just going to dress like this. And then like tomorrow I'm just going to wear like, you know, dickies and a t-shirt. Yeah. I you're think like I, you're not allowed. I think I tried sometimes. Like I had like an outfit. I remember I had like the sky blue Mickey Mouse shirt, but like it was like vintage Mickey Mouse and I would wear like Converse and like tight jeans and that was like my look but i didn't have enough to like fill the week so then the next day i would just have like a large t-shirt on and like baggy jeans yeah i feel like that's definitely i don't know that seems like very high school you Mm -hmm. know and i guess maybe like 
not everyone experienced this because I think it does have a lot to do with like not being able to afford the style you want. Um, other than like, I don't know. I remember for like back to school, my parents would be like, okay, we can spend this much. And if like you want a shirt that's $20 instead of this shirt that's $4, like you can have it, but then you can only have one instead of five, you know, whatever. And so it's like, you try and like build out a wardrobe that you like, but then you're like, I got two shirts that I think are cool, yeah, but I can't like wear them. And then I don't know for like girls, I feel like it's even weirder. Cause there's like, there was this whole thing when I was in high school about like, um, this one girl, like, that was, like, very popular. Everyone was, like, you know, she's never worn the same outfit twice. <laughs> you know? And it's, like, stuff like that. And you're just, like, I don't... Okay. Yeah. I guess. Like, I hate that I can't do that, too, I guess. Yeah, I was basically just, like, whatever I could kind of find and cobble into a sort of punk look. But, yeah, yeah. you definitely couldn't refine it. But oh, I think I, I think there was a point around that time or a little bit after, looking back on someone, like sean uh it's funny if somehow he finds this um that i was like oh like kind of like you'd be like rich kid because he could do a look but what i think about now is the fact that his dad being the owner of hot wax could essentially get all these clothes on wholesale and so it probably wasn't as expensive for him to do this look as it would have been otherwise i mean like even if you can get something on wholesale it's not like it's free yeah um but yeah I know even just like saying that I'm like I think that's probably like lended to me being like more into like an indie style because I'm like oh you mean I can just wear like my soccer shirt from when I was in fourth grade and that's like cool yeah and I can go to just like Goodwill and buy like random shirts and that's like the fit yeah I wish I could remember what his band's name was uh, but they were like MXPX kind of band like and they played at the Ark the club that my aunt and uncle managed that I mentioned on here um but that's all i remember i remember they played and then we had the afterlife kids a little bit later on but this was like the closest to mxpx so I thinking like the about afterlife kids were like further away they were definitely they were like, like spooky yeah and they were a little bit later on down the line but not much i mean these are like when you're a kid it's like who knows like a year later or something kid time. yeah so i guess what i'm saying is like getting into mxpx and what i'll say is I don't really remember, I remember some of this album. There's some stuff I feel like I couldn't avoid. Like, it's like, like, I knew Chick Magnet. Right, I feel like everyone <laughs> yeah. knew that song. Yeah, I I mean, I assume that would have been on, like, other samplers, but I didn't get, like, Tooth and Nail stuff, because I don't remember. It's so weird, because, like, your <laughs> family was also, like, I feel like would have been, like, oh, it, well, it's a Christian band, so it's okay. Yeah. So it's, like, weird to me that you never... Yeah, I think a lot of that had more to do, I probably have said this, I think a lot of that had more to do with geography than it did, like, like Walmart was near my house, and if it didn't have a parental advisory sticker on it, then I could probably get it, which is strange, but That's like... That's like so crazy, because your parents were simultaneously, like, more strict and, like, less strict than really my parents. It really makes no sense, but the, the Christian bookstore was, like way across town and like we've discussed yeah. it in like personal life it's like for some reason growing up like the other side like market street kerr avenue kind of thing in wilmington that was like a world away from where i lived yeah you know no one here is surprised that you feel that way josh <laughs> but yeah so it's for some reason like i guess what i'm saying is like mxpx like kind of fell through the cracks wow like, and i That's don't more of like a gaping gorge (laughs) (laughs) well okay because even with this it's like 
I think we've done this on like pop punk records, like ones that you didn't have as a kid and I did. I'm like, it's just simply like if you didn't have that connection as like a kid with it, when you're kind of listening to pop punk now or whatever the music is. If you're about to say that this album means nothing to you, Josh, (laughs) I want you to rethink that. I want you to think about that before you say it. I didn't dislike it. What I'm saying is I don't, I can't, I don't have the connection I would like a Blink-182, but I'm not saying that this is any like worse or better than like Blink-182. Like I know mentally that this is just as good. Okay. But I'm like, I I don't have that connection, you know, uh, with it. So honestly, some of it like was kind of annoying (laughs) and I thought this record was too long. Yeah, it's a long record. I would have, I know that I would not have felt that way with like, I don't know, like I keep mentioning like Gob or Blink-182 or I think I had more fun with like the Phoenix TX record than like, you know, you probably did. And so Mm -hmm. all of that's kind of like just going to nostalgia. Like, it's weird that this band, being who they are and the type of music they play, didn't have a big stranglehold on my childhood. I honestly agree. Like, it makes no sense. I agree. Like, I remember Teenage Politics... I, but I think I also just remember that song and I don't, I assume it must've been on some Christian sampler thing that I had or like one of my friends had, but this was not like when I got like Cheshire Cat or when I got like Blink-22 records, like it was, it was, that was it. Why do you think that like, since you want to keep comparing them to Blink-182, like, why do you think that Blink-182 popped off more than MXPX? Do you think it's because, like, because they're a Christian band? Do, that I, because they're a Christian band, they didn't, I didn't like them as much? No, not, this isn't about you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Slow your roll. Yeah. I just mean in general. Just to a listener. Yeah. Like, I think that the Christian thing probably would have held them back with mainstream audiences. Yeah. Because it's also like, you think of the type of kid and it's like, I think you get big to a big degree to a certain audience, but like, I think also it turned me off as a kid, if I remember, because I listened to Christian stuff if I had to. Yeah, that's so wild. I think, like, for me at the time, I guess I was, like, again, much younger. Yeah. When I heard this, I was like, oh, it's so great. Yeah. Like, it's great that they love God because I love God. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's like the difference where this now gets philosophical because it's like. I mean, I, I agree because there's like in there's a line in one of the songs now where they're like blah 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 by God's amazing grace. I didn't even catch it. And God stuff on the it's deck. like it now like listening to that, I'm like, we get it. Yeah, I honestly there was a hand motion that went with that that the rest of you didn't get to see, but that's fine. I think the voice uh, tells the hand motion. Um I honestly, and I guess I'm just missing very obvious lyrics in it. I didn't pick up really like God stuff on this record. And that's a, that's a straight yeah, up there's, God. There's not a ton. There's okay. not like a ton, but there is some, it's not like hidden though either. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I get, well, okay. So going back to the thinking about general audiences or me, I think another thing, too, is I think, like, you younger, like, I don't know at what point in your life you started feeling like, or maybe you never did, like, oh, I'm a punk. Did you ever have that kind of, like, thing? Uh, well, okay. So, like, in the sense that you're saying that, I was like, oh, I'm indie. 
Okay. I, like yeah. I I wasn't like I was not like punk. I was not like, ooh, I'm punk. Oh, okay. You know, I was like, I'm indie or like I'm scene. You know yeah, what I mean? I guess like the that same was kind of like my of orbit. Things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like effect, effectually the same. Um, but probably when I started feeling that way was like my freshman year of high school. Okay, so then you were a lot younger discovering this band before you really like put on complete yeah, identity. I didn't know I didn't know. Like yeah. when I was listening to this, like I didn't know. Like I was listening to this and I was listening to like ska. Um, because my brothers were. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they never like really went much further than that until like punk or indie or like alt whatever. Um, which is probably like a discredit to them a little bit, but whatever. Um, like I'm, I'm like thinking about it and I'm like, well, Mark was like into like local bands and stuff too. Um, so it doesn't matter. This isn't about him. Um, but yeah, I was like listening to this. I didn't know this whole other like world existed or like, I didn't like realize that there was a difference. I think that's really a big thing is like, I didn't really realize at that time when I was like 10, that there was a difference between this and like Mariah Carey. Yeah. Okay. So I definitely had that too. Like I, mine was like, I, I think I told it. It's like, there was like that CD that came with like your windows and it had music videos on it <laughs> and it had president of the United States of America and Weezer. And, uh, but around that time I was, I was still listening to like any Christian compilation, but I was also like whatever I could kind of sneak listening to on the radio. But the big thing that started my first identity was like when swing music was in. And so I think with that, a lot of that ska stuff kind of came in because that also was getting big on the radio probably even like a year later. So then when I officially became a punk, I got like christened, I sent off my papers and stuff like that. (laughs) I was not having Christian punk. (laughs) Like, and so I think that's where I missed MXPX. Like, to me, it was like, no effects was not Christian. They were telling me not to be Christian. Yeah. Like, 182 was already telling fart, fart and dick jokes. So I was already, like, past. So I missed this weird window of MXPX because of, like, being Yeah, a bad kid. I think that, like, also... So, like, for me, I wasn't, like, so desperate to, like, disassociate with religion as you were. Like, that mm. was more of, like, steps away for me. You know, and so it's like it was never like I wasn't like burned by Christianity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like in hindsight, I can like make that argument probably, but that's not how I felt, and that's not like how that happened for me. And so like bands like this or like DC Talk or whatever, I like held on to those for longer. I think because they were like nostalgic and they just kind of bopped. Yeah, I, I think. Know. Like, I know there's people around our age, and it might, it's probably also you. I feel like when, like, Jars of Clay went secular, sort yeah, of. Yeah, sexy. Um, they went sexy. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't into it, because it was like, I, Jars of Clay was like baby stuff for me. Like, oh, was, I was, see, that's crazy, because at the time, I was like, oh, wow, this is going to reach so many people. <laughs> like, I was still pretty religious yeah. <laughs> at I that just, point. Yeah, I don't know, as, like, as religious as you can be, like, as a child yeah whatever i feel like that was i was like 11 that was like around the same time you know well i guess like getting back into the the nuts (laughs) and bolts of this record but i think it's it's important to like kind of build this foundation of who we are this is more a podcast about us more than them so um okay so the producer of this album was steve kravick and he's important because he produced like oc supertones slick shoes and he also engineered 
uh, Cheshire Cat by Blink One Eighty Two. That's kind of also yeah, these why are all I kept, things I love. Yeah, <laughs> kept mentioning it. So he, but he's also a, he's a guy that worked with a lot of like tooth and nail bands. But I think off of the fact that uh, like Blink One Eighty, I think it, basically it seemed like Blink One Eighty Two popped off, and that like gave all these people like, oh, it's Christian, but here yeah you know and so he's a guy that like he was originally from canada i actually read a little bit about him like he played in bands and he's since like gone on to start these labels where he reissues like punk records like a lot of x stuff uh but he's just kind of an interesting guy that like doesn't he's not a christian dude it doesn't seem like he's just a guy that was like that's the lane he did this well and you know people say you don't know him enough to say whether or not he's a christian dude i don't know what's in his heart yeah as a believer like you can that's i feel like that's like a thing where it's like even when you talk about like a christian band or not a christian band like there are so many like christian bands that don't have like songs about god you know then you're like well is that a christian band or not and you're like, no, it is because everyone in the band is a Christian. And then it's like, well, I'm sure there's like a lot of bands where everyone in the band is a Christian or like a finger quote Christian either. Like, so that's kind of a stupid argument. Yeah, I I, well, I think with like MXPX, like, I think they liked the flirting on both sides. Yeah, kind of thing. I, yeah, I would definitely agree with yeah, that. Yeah, because it, it's not heavy in these lyrics, but it's like nothing's really like... It's, it is like... It is there though. Okay. It, like it, it is not hidden. Are there any songs about prayer? Since I didn't like pick up on it, and I don't feel uh, like they say Jesus ever on this record. But that's not. Uh, but they do. There's the like by God's amazing grace part. There's the um the thing where like I know that she believes in the one true God above. I didn't even catch that. Um, yeah. So it's I think like, when I hear the word when they say she, I think they're just talking about a girl that are in a relationship with. Yeah, but they're like, definitely they talking about because he's talking about this girl she has a cru- he has a crush on, and it's like oh like and I know she's a Christian, so like that makes me like her even more. That's on uh, do your feet hurt. Oh, okay. So in Andrea is the song where he says, "Your beautiful face, like God's amazing grace." Yeah. They, I feel like they're almost like shoehorning that in because it's like without that, it's really just a song about a girl. Yeah, but like, yes, but like, it doesn't feel like it's like wedged in there, you know? Like it feels like, like they just like they're like actually like that's how they were, which was like good for me at the time because that's like how I was at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I was, like, genuinely about it. That is, I mean, that's, like, I don't want to say crazy, but, like, it's something I have to remind myself about you that, like, I feel like there was a point really young in my life where I was just, like, this is bullshit. And, uh, but you, like, believed for a good while, you know? Like, I don't really have any big comment about it, but it's, like, I mean, I guess it's sort of like, but also I feel like your experience in a church, while it wasn't like always positive, was more of a positive experience. It was so. definitely a positive experience. And I think that like, even like still my relationship with like religion as a whole is like personal. And, you know, I definitely like you're making me like do a weird declaration of faith on the <laughs> pod, which I don't know how I feel about that. Um, but like... I'm, I don't think of myself as, like, a religious person, but I think of myself as, like, a person who has, like, faith and, like, whatever that means is, like, very personal to me. And, like, I don't really feel like I'm, like, connected to the church in that way. Yeah. But, like, the church that I went to growing up was very, like, 
it's a personal relationship. It's like about you and like everything was about like good and like positive, like everything that like I was taught about religion was not like from the like scary fire and brimstone perspective. Yeah. And so like where I feel like where you were taught about religion was like oppression and like control and like you're going to hell and like all of that was very forward. That's like not how it was for me. And so I was like, this is good. Like, and this like cost is this costs me nothing, but it gives me everything. Like that was like the message. Yeah. You know? Whereas for you, I feel like it was like, if you don't do, you know, X, Y, and Z, then like hell, straight to hell. Yeah. And that's also where it's like, I don't think, uh, I don't even think MXPX was technically like sanctioned by my church. Like I, (laughs) like, I don't think you were really allowed to because it's like, I think my parents just kind of like, were like, I mean, it's, you know, close enough. Well, things like Five Iron Frenzy, they were like, they, they understood that it was Christian and your parents were apostolics of convenience (laughs) like i think that i think that a lot actually i think that like that like control and like you better or whatever like really lends itself to having like too many kids and not enough money oh yeah you know yeah where it's like it it just makes it easier to control you yeah i think even like the stories that my dad will tell me about like um you know after him and my mom got divorced and it was essentially like he didn't know what to do yeah like in a sense of community or like what to do with being a single dad with two kids yeah and then and then the same stories with my stepmom tina was just like she had three kids no husband what do i do yeah you know and it's like and it's like so i think a lot of times especially people of lower income or just like you want a community and you don't know where to get it they turn to church for like, oh, I can go on Sundays and I can kind of like get a little break, mini break from my kids. Sure. You know, but I think friends, also family. like, I definitely yeah. agree with what you're saying, but I think a lot of that speaks to like what kind of church you wander into. Yeah. You know, like, are you wandering into like a contemporary non-denominational church or are you just like wandering into an apostolic church? And either one could make you feel very welcome in that moment, yeah. you know, and make you feel supported in that moment. But then it, like, drastically changes your, like, experience and perception of religion. Yeah. But, I mean, not all who wander are lost. That's true, Josh. That's true. <laughs> so I'm true. glad you brought that up. Um, another another funny thing about this album. Um, so, okay, two funny things. <laughs> so, on the thanks list for the CD, the bands that they're thinking, they're just kind of bands of the time. Blink-187 is who they, the typo on there and i wonder if that's a true typo or a funny that's hilarious um, but probably I wonder. yeah probably just a uh that's whoopsie. a pretty big typo if yeah. so yeah but well one thing i was thinking though was like okay so this is 96 uh-huh and blink 182 i think stopped being blink 182 in about like 95 i believe so they hadn't been blink 182 for that long so maybe it was like oh blink 180 i don't know something you know, around that time, uh-huh. uh, which is funny to think about. Um, the second funny thing is the album art was done by this guy named Coop. And if you've ever seen so the album art, I guess if you haven't seen it, is like a jock uh, bullying punk kids. Sure. And But what's funny about Coop doing the artwork is like, I don't know how they picked him out of a thing. All of Coop's artwork is like, half naked or actual <laughs> naked like alien women 
I feel stuff. like that's probably like part of the joke to them. It's probably it feels like it's like they knew they were like, but I even wonder how they present it to like tooth and nail, or maybe these people also know that they know the ins and outs, but it's like if you knew who Coop was, I didn't think about this as Coop artwork. Like, what makes you think that the, like, label execs were really, like, vetting that? If you come to them and you're like, this is the art we want to use. Yeah, I mean, Coop has a bunch of art, so they could have just been like, yeah, oh, here's Here's this. some samples. Of we want to use yeah. this guy. And they're all, like, clean samples, basically. Yeah, but most of his stuff, like, every white zombie poster he did has, like... You know, it's it's like yes, a band full of boys in their twenties. I feel like that has to be part of the part of the allure. They knew what they were doing. That was not like happenstance. But it's it's a fun if they if they thought about it that way. That's pretty funny. Like, I mean, it, yeah, that is really funny. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, so realizing it with that, um, and thinking about the okay, so my my connection with them, I feel like I started liking them later on. And because of you. Yeah, so I actually I actually remember this exactly. That someone left a CD in my car. Yeah. And you didn't know what it was. Yeah. And it was like one of their later albums. Yeah, all it and said. And you were basically like, why is this good? All it said was Panic. Uh, panic. Yeah, and so that's uh, like their 2005 album, which is like a, a fat, it was kind of like, I think like a, almost like a back to the basics kind of album. Like, uh, from looking at it, I think it, some of the songs went on, like, Tony Hawk and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, it was, like... That album rips. Yeah, it's so good. And, like, the way that they mix it, I remember the mix, they kind of, they don't bury his voice, but I feel like it lends itself better to his voice, that it's kind of, like, he's really high in the mix on this album. (laughs) Yeah. Like, which isn't unlike anything, and, like, you know, it's fun, if I'm gonna be, like, oh, I don't really like his voice, that's sort of, like... There's so many bands that sound exactly like him. Yeah. Like, you know, so it's not his thing, you know, but like that mix or just something about that album specifically, it does feel like one of those things where someone's like, I hate Pepsi. And if you were to give them Pepsi without them knowing it's Pepsi or like when people are like, oh, I I fake me, I can tell when it's fake meat and you just put it in their food. Yeah. You know, so it was like, and I I will admit to that. I think there is that kind of thing because even, yeah, it was like a stigma even in my mind of like. Even when you picked it, I'm like, Ugh. but I'm like, you know, <laughs> you were such a jerk. I fucking, I know. And it's like, I know it. And if so, I think if somebody just was listening to MXPX and I didn't recognize it as MXPX, I'm going to like it. But with this, this whole fucking like, I, Christian punk is for weenies, you know, like, <laughs> is I, that true? But that it's stupid. I know. And I'm thinking of like other bands. There's like, oh, well, chicks dig it. Chicks dig it sounds like exactly the same as this band. And, yeah, I feel and, like that's like their goal, and I think they rock. And that, so it makes no sense. That's so weird, Josh. It's so a lot weird. of their art and their direction stuff is like the same thing. But I get yeah. it. Also, like you were just like so anti like anything having to do with religion. But it's funny because I I think I was fine with like Christian metalcore bands. So I don't I feel know. like that was different. I feel like it was different. <laughs> Because that was kind of like evil Christianity. Yeah, that's why I think what and I and this told is myself. like this is like shiny and good Christianity. Yeah, there and I think like as I kind of went punk, I also started getting into like heavier music, and that was like another thing that I also kind of turned away from pop punk. So you know, so once that, so it was like it had to be bad or it had to be evil. <laughs> You know, and yeah, so I don't disagree with that. That's that's really funny and makes me sound like an idiot as a child. 
um but you know it is what it is um so okay so i want to go back to like your relationship with it like just kind of (laughs) just thinking about like so when you started getting into mxpx because of your brother and then your own journey with it did you like continue on your journey or where did it kind of did it just kind of lead you to everything else punk or did you go further in their discography um, you know, I didn't really go that far into their discography. I think like the ever passing moment was probably the last album, which came out in 2000 that I really listened to until Panic came out. Mm-hmm. And then even thinking about that afterwards, I don't really, I didn't really listen to any of the albums that came out after Panic, um, which tracks because I was like on to more like hardcore after that. Yeah. Um, but I listened to this album like heavy i would for imagine a long you would time have. for a long time like i know every word to every song yeah on this album and also while i was listening to it i was like holy shit i think this song is like it, like people like to be like oh what influences like the way you write music or whatever and like in listening to this i was like i haven't listened to this in a long time but like i feel like this album influenced the way i write I can. I mean, I think it's just sometimes when uh, it's like you have those kind of moments and realizations. There's no way it couldn't have. Yeah. Well, like, yeah. true for the amount of times I listen to it, which is not to say that, like the way I write sounds anything like this, but like I've taken things. You know, they've like been embedded in me. I'm not mad about it. Yeah. I think I think it's like good to kind of like embrace those kind of feelings with it. So I guess with like revisiting this record, uh, how do you feel like it held up for you? It was great. So just no complaints. <laughs> I mean, I take zero issues. I mean, I just liked it. It's just like, to me, basically, it's like a fun sing-along album. Yeah. I think I was almost like frustrated listening to it because I listened to it and recognized that it sounds exactly like this era of stuff. And I wanted it to click more because I think all the stuff from this era like clicks in a way that I remember that I'm frustrated in a way that it's like, I wish I had listened to this as a kid. Yeah. Because this, it feels like it's just a block that's missing. This album is like a, like a gateway drug, for lack of a better term, for me. Like, I feel like MXPX and then like Tooth and Nail. And then I kind of like went from there and was like other Tooth and Nail bands, mm-hmm. you know, and like samplers. And like, I kind of like had an, I was like, oh, like I tend to like albums that have covers that look like this. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, even like we had like a really big Christian bookstore that was like right next to my parents' house. Um, and why, why were we always going there? Why was it that close? I, I don't, I don't, can't get too hard into geography. It was McMullen if, Creek. That feels like, I guess that's not a weird place. There's been skate shops and stuff over there. Yeah. It was I'm actually just, right next to the skate shop. Oh, damn. That's like, yeah. The one, two punch of that. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Did they have skateboards at? The Christian books? No, no, they didn't. But they did have like a really big section of like indie or like alternative or like punk or like even hardcore. Like I got an Under Oath CD there, Mm. you know, like all of this stuff was like there. And I feel like I don't know who was like running that store, but they like got it. They Mm. were like, like, this is how we like keep the youth. I don't know, whatever that is. But like all of that, like tooth and nail comps like stuff like that really like was very formative for me in my like early teens well that's the funny thing is like i don't even remember 
I, I I know I keep mentioning this friend, my friend Garrett, that I grew up with in church. Um, like he had tooth and nail cops, but I don't remember ever seeing tooth and nail cops outside of like his. <laughs> this like one copy. I mean, they didn't carry stuff like that at like Walmart, you know? That was like pretty specifically like a Christian bookstore type thing. And so like, you know, I mentioned we went to like a pretty big church that had like their own bookstore and they actually had their own like library in there and you could like check out CDs or you could like buy CDs, like even stuff like this, like MXPX would have been in the bookstore at my church. Oh yeah. Okay. You know? And so it's like, it was just all pretty accessible to me in like that way. Yeah. But like, if you're just going to Walmart, then you're like, it's not there. Like the stuff wasn't there, especially at that time. Yeah. I feel like there was a point in my childhood. I would just like, it was almost like I wasn't around the age that you discovered this. I feel like uh, for like the first time, I feel like I w- almost like was basically not allowed to listen to music. Like I, That's I so weird. only had a relationship with it. That doesn't mean there was no music. It's almost like no one gave me music or allowed me to get music. So a lot of stuff was secondhand, which could be an economics thing more. So it was like, I felt like I would like find my dad's old tapes, you know? So it was like James Taylor, anything, anything already in the house is almost like fair game. Yeah. Like, so I could listen to secular music if it was like James Taylor or some other, like, then I feel like it was like, then I would just listen to like, I would for fun, I guess this is just a kid thing. I feel like I would just listen to like Teddy Ruxpin tapes or something like, <laughs> like, you know, but I, it's like, if I wanted to kind of be bad, I would listen to like James Taylor, you know, but like, yeah. I didn't, I wasn't able to, other than like what my stepbrothers had, like, I, I wasn't, I couldn't just go, Hey, I want to go, but I want to buy this until like, I got to like 12 years old. Sure. So everything was pretty secondhand. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's true for me too, but like, I guess my parents were just, like, very into music. Yeah. Like, I remember going to see bands as, like, a very small child, like, with my family. Um, and maybe that's because my brothers were older, too. That might have, like, had something to do with it. But I, my family's, like, always been very music forward. And, like, whether or not it's music I like is irrelevant. But, yeah. like, I feel like that's always been, like, a, like, consumed thing for me. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I, you know, we've already kind of said it. Like, I'm also realizing more. There were just tons of double standards in my household. Yeah. Like, and when I'm thinking about it, I feel like music when I was of this age was like something I would be allowed to do like later, as if like when you're, you know, when you're you like, can oh, you can listen to music when you're older. Yeah. And then like, <laughs> I remember my stepmom being like, you can learn how to play guitar when you get older. Don't, you're, we're not doing that now. Yeah, you know, like it was just like a, everything was kind of pushed down the road kind of thing. Sure. Like, I don't know. At some point you can like music, you know. Sure. Uh, you know, it was like, it's for us. Like you go listen to your Teddy Ruxpin or something. Go listen to your Teddy. I don't <laughs> yeah. even know what that means. So, okay. So there was a, yeah, Teddy Ruxpin is like the oldest fucking reference that ever has hit this podcast. And I think aged me so much more than anything. <laughs> um, so there was this animatronic bear thing that you could put. I mean, uh, I know what Teddy Ruxpin is. He had like, he would, like, he could sing, but he would tell stories and stuff. But oh. you could, I mean, you could just listen to the tapes, but you were supposed to put the tapes in, in Teddy Ruxpin, Teddy, <laughs> um, and, which was funny because my stepbrother's name is Teddy. You can put the tapes in Teddy. Um, but like, <laughs> but at some point my brother like ripped all the fur off of Teddy Ruxpin. So Adam? there was just, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So there was just a like robot Teddy Ruxpin that I think got thrown away. So we had these tapes. Terrifying. Um. 
But anywho. Uh, <laughs> I digress. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, MXPX, they did Warp Tour in 97, 98, 2002. And so, they were pretty big. I don't think anyone's surprised by that. I don't yeah. need to talk about how popular they were. It is interesting to kind of think about, like, are they still a popular band? I would guess yes, but I don't really have any scope of, like, because they played, I know they were playing, they played at Milestone probably in like 2012 or 2013, but that was MXPX All-Stars, which I don't think people were like buying tickets for in the same way. What does that mean, MXPX All-Stars? All right, so there was a point in 20... Like, I do remember that. I just don't remember what that means. Yeah, so there was a point in 2012 where Tom and Yuri, uh, Tom Wisniewski and Yuri Ruli, uh retired from touring in 2012. There. And uh, my career, I still wanted to do it. And I think that's kind of where Tumble Down started being more of a thing. Um, and But also he went on tour as MXPX with other people filling in. And they would always build that as MXPX All-Stars. Okay, I see. I don't know for legal reasons or just sort of people were like, hey, Maybe, Yuri's not here. Yeah, or like I feel like those are like core members. Yeah. Then like doing it without them, you have to differentiate. Yeah, so he would just have a band and sometimes a lot of times the band were people that he played with in tumble down yeah. and it would be mxpx with tumble down opening um so i don't know it's just kind of i guess whatever sort of allowed them to be on the is road. that what it was at the milestone did we go to that I don't we think did we not went to that. go to that i believe the tickets were kind of expensive oh, which is yeah. probably also why it was a place like milestone i believe the tickets were like 25 bucks yeah or something you know, so if we we were just poor people, if, and in regards now, we'd probably go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, so Yuri and Tom came back to the band in 2015, and yeah. they're touring with them. But, you know, the, of the age that they are and how long they've been a band, I don't feel... It's hard to say now because of all, you know, pandemic things. Like, what Oh, they, are they or aren't they? Yeah, because it's like... Yeah, you know. I kind of think you have to assume that everyone is unless they've like specifically said that they're not. Yeah, and I, they're also like between albums because they put out an album, I think, right, or 2018, uh, and they said they're putting out an album this year. Ooh, uh, interesting. Uh, but before we like close out, I guess one little thing. They did have a song. There was a Passion of the Christ compilation that came out in 2004, and Stop. they had a song on it. Stop it. No, they did not. Yes, they did. Well, what is it? Um, I I don't know what song it is specifically, but it, it, there were just regular bands on this thing. It was songs inspired by the movie. So the, none of these songs, of course, like were on the soundtrack for the movie, but it was something that was sold and won like Dove Awards and stuff. I can't believe that. And it was it was it says it was produced by Mel Gibson. Stop it. But there was a funny thing that kind of happened. Uh, if you're looking it up, I would like to know some of the other right. bands that are. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's a song called "The Empire." So, oh, it won the Gospel Music Association 2005 Dove Award. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, it did. Bonky. Do you recognize any of the other bands that are on it? Okay, so other bands are uh, Mercy Me, Stephen Curtis Chapman, and Third Day to the song. Makes sense. Uh, Christian heavy hitters, Scott Stapp. Okay. P.O.D. For sure. Uh, Brad Paisley and Sarah Evans. Weird. Big Dismal. I don't know who that <laughs> is. Uh, Lauren Hill. Okay. Um, Kirk Franklin and Yolanda Adams. I mean, it better have that on there. The MXPX song was also with Mark Hoppus. 
Mark I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That doesn't make any sense. I don't. Why was he on that? I don't know. What? I feel like, like. I don't know. I mean. I have I, so many questions. There's, I, I have so many questions. I feel questions. like it's like we have to like abort this album and then just do an album on that. Like, I don't understand. The Mark Hoppus thing is almost more surprising than anything else because everything else sort of like. I don't know, Brad Paisley, Sarah Evans, maybe they're Christians. I don't know. It doesn't matter. You know, like, if it's a Christian song, too. But Mark Hoffman is, like, a dude that, like, seemingly isn't even anywhere associated. Josh, you don't know. You don't know. I guess, you know, you write dick and fart song. Well, he writes the sadder songs. But, you know, I don't know. But I just thought that seeing that on their Wikipedia, I was like, what is that? That is so bizarre. <laughs> it's wild. But, okay. So... One of the things I wanted to mention, too, was I remember the... So there was an episode of Fixer Upper. There was an episode of House Hunters. I swore it was Fixer Upper. Um, it doesn't... It, they're the same. It, it was thing. definitely House Hunters. Okay. Um, so they did a... Him and his wife... So I looked up the reasoning behind it. Um, his wife is originally from... And he's still with the same lady that he married in, like, 2001. And so she... Her hometown was Waco, Texas. Yeah. So I think all of the houses that get renovated on that show are basically all in Waco. Or it was like a season of it. It seems to be like a big thing, probably. I think it was House Hunters. But, so they... I'm just going to keep saying that. (laughs) It doesn't matter. (laughs) I don't really care. Um, So it was just kind of interesting to see Mike Herrera on that show. Like, it was just like, why is this man here? you know okay fine it was fixer upper (laughs) (laughs) but they're the same show um so that was in 2017 so so he lives in waco texas now uh with his family what do you think he's doing there well he had that studio and if you look at like any of their records like this man it says on every single like page i could look at on wikipedia that's an mxpx record all songs by my career like, so this guy is in an interview. He's like a song machine. He is a song machine between that, Tumble Down, and also not songs, but like he has a very well-regarded podcast now. Um, like, he is a guy that's just like always on the go. At an interview I found in 2012, he was gay, because this was probably around the time these guys were leaving. Uh-huh. Um, would have been either right before or right after. He said, he was like, well, I mean, I have to do everything. <laughs> and I was like, respect. <laughs> you, you, know? you. I'm like, wow, sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah, Josh. And, yeah. And he was like, yeah, that was just the whole sentiment of the whole thing was like, and they were like, oh, wait, because they went back to tooth and nail at some point. Yeah. And then they kind of asked him like, you know, what was it like going back to tooth and nail? And he said, honestly, the only reason we went back to tooth and nail is because we we needed to get our publishing back. And that was an arrangement we had. If we go back, we do a couple albums with tooth and nail, then we can get our publishing. And I don't know what ended up happening with that, but I do know there's a life in general 2.0. Interesting. So they re-recorded the whole album. And if we're thinking about Taylor Swift, I assume the reason they were... We're always thinking about Taylor Swift, Josh. <laughs> the reason, I would assume the reason they redid it is so that they could get the publishing off of wow, that. Wow, Life in General, Mike's version. Yeah, so I think that... I don't know, but Tooth and Nail, I guess, still owns their publishing. I would hope not, but, um, he's, but all that to say, Mike Carrera doesn't claim to be Christian anymore. Like, he said he's agnostic. Like, he's not going to say there isn't, blah, blah, blah. We know what agnostic sure. means. yeah. Um, so he's not a Christian, if you're wondering. 
I mean, I wasn't really concerned with it, TBH. Again, like, I just feel like that's a personal thing. Yeah. You can, like, go where you want with it, and I think it, like, ebbs and flows. My... I don't really, I don't know. To, like, have to, like, plant your flag and say you're going to stay there and you're not going to change is kind of bullshit to me. Like, I think that, like, things impact your life, affect you in different ways. You, like, learn things, you understand things differently, and, like, that is just something that can, like, change. Like, I don't know. Yeah, because they've been, like, re the self-releasing thing since that point after they left again. And I think, like, to your, like you're saying, uh, being on a label like Tooth & Nail would probably be hard with someone, like, even if you're, like, still kind of Christian, it's like, you always feel like you have to, like, live it completely, I guess, like, if you were, like, a pastor in a way. It's like, you always have to be a pastor. Yeah, I mean, I feel like every pastor I know has affairs, so. (laughs) Well, it's gotta be, it's gotta be, like, a hard thing where you always have to be, like, someone's role model, and you're kind of, like, have to always have to be, like, it's, like, another service on top of being. It's almost like it's all about oppression and control. Wow. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) But, yeah, I don't know. I, it, this record, even though I kind of, I guess I'm kind of halfway in between, it did kind of make me want to go back and listen to, like, Panic. Like, did it make you feel like you wanted to, like, go further into your discography? No, I just want to listen to this. <laughs> okay. Like, this is, like, the MXPX album for me. Do you think a lot of people feel that way? Um, I think, I think people who are going this far back would probably say Teenage Politics mm-hmm. is, like, the album. Um, I think a lot of people would say Slowly Going the Way of the Buffalo. Okay. That album, I think, was, like, really popular. Yeah, I think so. Um, But no, for me, it's this. Is it always going to be this? Yeah, Josh, it's not going to change. Get off my back. Welcome back. Thanks, as always, to Sarah for coming on the pod. In terms of promotion, check out the new album by Sarah's band, Faye, You're Better. Also, our band, All Right, has some new music coming out pretty soon. So stay tuned for that. Okay, don't forget to check out our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash spinningoutpod. We listen to records we liked a lot when we were younger and revisit them as much older and jaded individuals. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and you'll get an exclusive episode every week. All right, next time on the pod, we're talking with Charles Bissell of the Wrens about Bruce Springsteen. So stay tuned next week. As always, follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at Spinning Out Pod. You can rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave a comment, and reviews always help. Thanks as always to Sarah for editing the pod and Pretty Maddie for the theme. Okay, see you next week.